Welcome to Fangs and Folklore with your spooky host, Matthew Miller, expert in all things monster and paranormal. We give you pint-sized, bite-sized pieces of supernatural monster lore, exploring their origins, their history, and their meaning to the human condition. Listen, if you dare. <laughs> From the very first records of human existence, we can see evidence of belief in spirits. The very first religion was probably animism, the belief that everything in the world has a spirit. Trees, rocks, sky, humans, animals, everything. Naturally, humans explain misfortunes on the actions of bad or evil spirits. And the concept of demons was born. And we figured out ways to please the good spirits, and religion was born, right? I don't know of any culture that doesn't have some kind of concept of evil spirits. I could be wrong, but I don't know of any. And in the 1980s satanic panic, the idea of Satanism and demon worship and devils gripped the minds of the USA, of the American people. So I'd like to welcome you to Fangs and Folklore. I'm your host, Matthew Miller, expert in all things monster and paranormal. I am a horror writer from the dark and haunted swamps of Louisiana, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to my dark and terrifying world. By the way, every episode now, we're in the hang of things, of Fangs and Folklore, is available uh, on YouTube in video, or in audio as a podcast on podbean.com and all fine pod streaming services. Please check out my books on Amazon, beginning with Blood Feud, a punk rock vampire story. It's volume one of the Gravedigger series. The Gravediggers are a failing punk rock band who keep crossing paths with all sorts of monsters and creatures of the night. It's horror, it's humor, and one entertaining package. It's a six-part series. Three are already out, one through three, and four is coming soon. They're available on Amazon and paperback uh, on Kindle, or free if you have Kindle Unlimited. And big news, the audio versions are coming soon. I've been working hard on those every day. So before too long, you'll have access to the audiobooks as well. And there are hardcovers in the mix with super high-quality uh, illustrated color illustrations and so forth. So stay tuned for all that good news. Oh, by the way, the studio here in the haunted castle it seems to be doing okay. I, I do I have been kind of hearing hearing like like I, I don't I, I'm not sure what that was, but uh, and and then the wall the, the the red I think rust probably is what the red stuff is right. The other day it was oozing out. I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure about this wall. Still, it uh, seems to be okay for now, but we'll, we'll have to just keep an eye on it. Um, Satan. Satan can mean many things to many people, from just a literary concept uh, all the way to a real entity who exerts influence in our daily lives. Let's take a look at some of the satanic elements or movements that influenced the 1980s satanic panic. I first want to make a distinction here. You may have heard about, you know, recently in, our modern, in modern times, in our lives, a group of Satanists in the U.S. who put up this statue of Baphomet, the kind of horned goat demon 
thing in public places to protest the infringement of freedom of religion, separation of church and state, that kind of thing. That group is actually called the Satanic Temple. So don't mistake them with what we're talking about. It was founded recently in 2012 in Salem, Massachusetts by two men. And it does not worship a literal Satan and is not evil or anything like that. Basically, it views the biblical, uh, biblical character of Satan as a literary uh, representation of skepticism, rationality, intellectual curiosity, personal autonomy. And one, th one thing they're known for, the uh, Satanic Temple, is when religious groups, usually Christian in our culture, attempt to mix their religion with politics, such as erecting you know, monuments to the Ten Commandments or statues of Jesus and so forth, uh, on public property, government property, or insist that a Christian prayer be said in a government public context, they will insist that their religion also be included. And since it's difficult for any judge to argue otherwise in a court case, the Satanic Temple ends up putting up statues of Baphomet the demon uh, are conducting a Satanic prayer before a government meeting. I personally think it's ingenious and hilarious because no religion has the right to interject itself into politics and try to force other people to be a part of it. And even when I used to be very religious, which is a story for another time, I still felt the same way because if people can force, if people can be forced to participate in your religion, one day the tables are going to turn, someone else will be in charge, and they can force you to participate in theirs, and then you're not going to be happy. So I'm a firm believer in the concept of the separation of church and state, and I think it's brilliant what the uh, what the uh, Satanic Temple does with these statues, okay? And they mean it They mean it that way. They mean it to goad people to think about politics. They're not actually Satan worshipers. Um, a couple of groups that did have a big influence on the 1980 Satanic Panic were the Church of Satan and the Temple of Set. So let's start with the first, the Church of Satan. Probably heard of these guys. The Church of Satan proper was established uh, April 30th, 1966 in San Francisco at a place called the Black House. It was a house painted all black by Anton LaVey. You probably know that name if you know something about U.S. history and culture, pop culture. He wrote the Satanic Bible. Uh, LaVey did not intend uh, the Satanic Bible or the Church of Satan to be a, a group worshiping a literal Satan. He doesn't believe that. Rather, he insists it to be an occult group. Okay, it's one of an uh, it's it's an occult group. Occult from the Latin occultus means hidden, and when we talk about the occult, it often refers to hidden wisdom or knowledge that the seeker must uncover and learn through rituals, or study, or progression through a series of steps or guidance by a guru. Uh, the current high priest of the Church of Satan, Peter H. Gilmore, he uh, describes the members as skeptical atheists. And they look to the biblical character of Satan as representing individualism and reason and the right of the individual to assert himself or herself for their own intent. So it's really about individualism, um, intellectual liberty, the right to question, the right to be a skeptic. Okay, so that's what it's about. They're not worshiping a literal demon. Uh, so the Church of Satan. In the 1980s, during the Satanic Panic, Anton LaVey's daughter, Zena, was the high priestess of the Church of Satan. And at that time, the media, uh, media regularly attached blame or involvement to the Church of Satan for alleged criminal activities, even things like uh, including the pre preschool satanic ritual abuse uh, uh, craze, like the McMartin preschool trial, missing teenagers, even human sacrifice. Zena made multiple media appearances to clean up the church's image to assure Americans that, you know, the Church of Satan is not a criminal organization. It didn't participate in those vile things. It didn't wor even worship a literal Satan. Uh, the FBI, by the way, investigated the Church of Satan and cleared the church of any criminal activity. They found no evidence of any kind of criminal activity, right? 
Interesting, though, on June 6, 2006, the date comes out to 666, the Church of Satan held a satanic high mass, or a black mass, at, uh, in Los Angeles, California. Uh, the Church of Satan members from around the world attended this and filled up kind of a little stadium, a theater or something. Here's what the actual Church of Satan's website says about the concept of the high mass. Quote, Anton LaVey sagely observed that since Christianity has lost its control of the state, then mocking its rites, R-I-T-E-S, which in themselves are distortions of earlier pagan ceremonies, is now pointless, and in his time he thought that a contemporary version of a black mass should poke fun at things being championed in society at large. So the purpose of this black mass was not to worship a literal demon or to sacrifice humans, but to kind of um, challenge things that society held as true and, and, and just and even holy, right? To kind of be the skeptic. Uh, right now in Louisiana, by the way, we're about to have Mardi Gras. If you're not familiar with Mardi Gras, it's an ancient um, pre-Christian European tradition that also is very similar. People dress up in masks, uh, wear, uh, wear costumes that make fun of the, uh, of the church and of religion and, and, uh, and uh, uh, the rich. And it's kind of the same thing. It's like an excuse to criticize those who are usually in power and in charge. And uh, if you're watching the video version of Fangs and Folklore, I have a little treat for you. I'm going to watch, or we're going to watch a bit of that Black Mass on video. And if you're listening to the podcast, you'll be able to hear some of what's going on. So, uh, so listen or watch, and I'll show you that right now. In the name of Satan, ruler of the earth, king of the world, I command the forces of darkness bestow their infernal power upon us this night. Open wide the gates of hell! Come forth from the abyss to greet us as your brothers, sisters, and friends. Grant us the indulgences of which I speak. We have taken thy name as part of ourselves and live as the beasts of the field, rejoicing in the fleshly life. I favor the just. dimension itself. Sanguis bibimo, corpus All right, so that's interesting stuff. That's the Church of Satan. 
not literal devil worship, but a glorification of the individual. They're also quick to stress that they promote the individual only insofar as it doesn't harm others, right? Okay, now let's take a look at the second group, the Temple of Set. You've probably heard the name Set, usually uh, spelled S-E-T-H, spelled by this group, S-E-T, who was an ancient Egyptian god. Uh, But this group, the Temple of Set, was founded in 1975 by Michael Aquino, who was a former Church of Satan member. He was a very high-ranking member up in the hierarchy. But he had some fundamental disagreements with Anton LaVey and his doctrine. And it appears that Aquino did not agree with making the movement purely secular and symbolic. He apparently believed in a, a real Satan. He actually claimed that he conjured Satan, invoked Satan, and Satan showed up and revealed to him that Satan was the one true God and that uh, his real name was Set, as the Egyptians called him. And so Setians, the name of people who follow this temple of Set, they believe Set is the one real God and has given uh, humanity help by giving us an intellect that questions things, a black flame, he calls it, that uh, differentiates us from animals. Uh, Again, it's a lot about individualism, self-deification. Each individual is his or her own god. Uh, But Setians also believe in the literal existence of magic as a real force that can be used through rites and rituals and spells and so forth. And Aquino himself says that he practices black magic, which, uh, whatever that means to him. So they do believe in magic, believe in literal Satan. However, uh, they see Satan, or Set, as a divine teacher, but not as necessarily a god. Uh, It also accepts the reality, like I said, of magic and black magic. Even so, I wasn't able to find any evidence that the Temple of Set has ever engaged in things like human sacrifice, or in fact has ever even committed a single crime, right? So these two groups, though, captured the imagination of the people in the 1980s because they were becoming more popular then. And, you know, come on, you see Anton LaVey in a a black uh, robe and hood, uh, you know, holding up symbols and chanting to Satan. You can see how that might influence society, right? People who don't investigate it, don't know a lot about it, are are already already, uh, preconditioned to believe it to be literal Satanism. They see that and they say, you know, aha, we were right. There is a satanic panic, right? But... We know that, in fact, that these churches are not exactly what you think about when we think about real Satanism. What about real devil worship? And what I mean is, are there groups who worship a literal Satan as a literal demon god and who actually do make human sacrifice and that kind of things? Well, the answer is maybe. (laughs) I'm reminded of the serial killers. Uh, If you know Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Toole, they were a serial killing pair uh, from the late 1970s, early 1980s. They were crazy They claim to have killed over a thousand people. Authorities are not sure if that's accurate, but they did kill many, many, many. And Tool, Otis Tool, said, quote, I belong to a cult. It was a devil's organization. For initiation, you would have to go out and kill a person, close quote. And he called that cult the Hands of Death. And then Henry Lee Lucas, his killing partner, also said, quote, There are hundreds more like me on the road, all members of the cult that worships death and and devil, death and devil, close quote. Take, uh, take that with a grain of salt because both Lucas and Tool were mentally deficient, very low IQ, and just mentally chal- challenged. Had, you, know, you could just see when they talked, they, they had some kind of, maybe even a physical brain damage. That doesn't excuse what they did, but just take that with a grain of salt, their claims. So in preparing uh, this podcast, I, your faithful host, did some research and came across some interesting documents from the OJP, Office of Justice Programs, 
This is actually a federal level government organization in the U.S. that promotes funding and research to support law enforcement and to support, you know, justice in the U.S., whatever that means, justice, <laughs> uh, the court system, law enforcement, and so forth. Let me read you some things from their documents. This is really interesting. Uh, this is from papers presented by several PhDs and experts on cult, uh, cults, as well as members of law enforcement who have been involved in cases involving alleged satanic cults. Uh, these documents are very long, very detailed, and we don't have time here to go through everything, obviously. But I'm going to give you some highlights, okay? They, so here's some things they say. Special nights of the year, also called Sabbaths by some groups, Sabbat or Sabbath, or Sabbath are listed. Halloween, of, uh, of course, is one, as are the solstices. But these are practiced by many non-Christian and pre-Christian religions, too. They're not necessarily inherently demonic or evil. Okay, they give us types of masses, mass meaning a religious service, right? These are actually claimed to be regular parts of real Satan worship, meaning literal worship of demons, right, by these cults. Here's what they say. Initiation, where new members are accepted into the group, okay? Gnostic mass, a worship service sometimes open to outsiders who show a desire to join. Evil spirits are called upon, a desire of the group is expressed. Okay, massive angels, on the eve of the of the uh, mass, a black cock, meaning a black uh, rooster, is killed and the heart, eyes, and tongue are cut out. This mass is practiced to give the priest protection from demonic powers becoming too unruly. There's the mass for the dead, used to call on God, ironic, to free the celebrant from fear of hell to make the demons obey. A lamb will be sacrificed, his throat cut and heart, eyes, and tongue removed, and ground into powder and buried with the lamb. Then there's the Black Mass. It says, magicians can use powers, forces, spirits, and demons. Evil medicine can be herbs or parts of animals or human beings. A mockery of the Catholic Mass is held. Blasphemy of the name of God uh, and the trampling on or urination upon of Christian artifacts as part of the service. All right? Different kinds of Masses. The documents go on to give some special dates for ceremonies throughout the calendar uh, for these cults. Some are harmless references to, like, pre-Christian religions like Druidism. Others are different. So here are just some examples. January 7th, animal or, hu or human sacrifice of a young adult male. January 20th, kidnapping preparation of a human sacrifice. January 26th, sacrifice of a female human child along with oral, anal, and vaginal rape. February 2nd, animal or human sacrifice. March the 1st, drinking of human blood for strength and homage to the demons. And it continues throughout the year with all sorts of alleged dates, special dates for special activities, many of them including human sacrifice. Here's another gem. Uh, it says, one indication of satanic cult activity is the appearance of mutilated animals. Uh, have qualified medical examiners examine the cadavers for missing blood, sex, or other organs, and possible um, blanched marks on the back from electric shock. In some cases, the epiglottis on these animals will be frozen open just prior to death. All right. Um, now, here's something really super interesting. It, uh, it kind of gives law enforcement advice. If you have a murder case and you come across the body, how do you know if the body was killed um, by a satanic, uh, demonic uh, cult? <laughs> okay. It says where the body is loca located. Most, most cult meetings or rituals are held in deserted, isolated areas. Wooded areas away from people. Okay, position of the body. Note the direction of the body. Whether the body is formed in the shape of a circle, it may be nailed to a cross or formed in the shape of one. It may be hanging from something like a tree by its feet, hands, or neck. 
Uh, if rigor mortis is present, the body may still show signs of having been tied down. Missing body parts or organs. In occultic blood rituals, many times the parts of the human body and organs are removed. They may have been eaten, cannibalism, or kept for use in another way. Usually, the parts most often used are the head, heart, hands, genitalia, eyes, ears, nose, tongues, or lips. Sometimes, the cadaver will appear to have been boiled, and the body fat within the cadaver will be missing. Ugh. This will be determined at the autopsy. Body dressed or undressed. If the body was dressed in some form of ritual garb, like a ceremonial robe or mask, if it's nude, it may also be a clue because some of these cults uh, choose to perform their ceremonies in the nude, or some of, they call it, some of them call it skyclad. Stab wounds or cults, particularly important, the size and location of stab wounds or cuts, if done in patterns or symbols, if done to allow bloodletting or draining, incisions to the sex organs, mutilation, notice the number of cuts, bruises, in patterns of threes, six, sevens, or thirteens, location of human teeth marks or cannibalism, ink, mark, ink marks or tattoos, many times groups will mark their own body or the body of the victim with an identifying mark or tattoo, Anointed with a substance um, or painted, the body may have been painted entirely one solid color or many different colors and patterns. Uh, branded with a branding iron or any burns. The victim may have been tortured. Jewelry in, uh, on or near the cadaver. Some groups will wear certain items of jewelry depending on whether it identifies them to a certain group. Missing jewelry. Any cords or colored ropes near or on the body. Bondage. Um, Ah, what if any of these things are found near the body? Candles, ropes, salt, containers of salt, other substances, an altar or object with occult symbols on it. That would be a pretty big clue in my mind. Um, a handmade ritual knife with a black handle and etchings on it. Uh, a drawn circle or triangle, like what we might call the magic circle. A chalice, the location of the four elements, earth, air, um, uh, water, and fire human and our animal parts or organs, a book of shadows or a grimoire, book of spells, a censer, meaning, an, uh, you know, the thing that swing that burns incense, a sword, ritual knives, parchments, a cauldron, yeah, that might be a clue, coins, statues, stones, jewels, effigies, or voodoo dolls, okay. By the way, voodoo is not inherently an evil thing, just wanted to mention that. It's a religion. The documents go on and on forever, but they have all sorts of interesting stuff like that. Like, you know, what do you do... Um, you know, when you find a body in this in this situation, it was probably a satanic cult, or it may have been. To me, what these documents show is that, at least in the eyes of law enforcement and the government in our country, there are very well, or they may, may be satanic cults that uh, law enforcement have to deal with, that even do things like murder. Um, finally, I can tell you from my own personal experience that real satanic cults do exist, uh, let me make, make, make it clear, I'm not referring to myself. I'm not a member, nor have I ever been a member of a satanic group of any sort. But uh, my research over the years has introduced me to people who are. And I'll say that they are real. They're certainly not as prevalent as the media might have you believe, or as pop culture believes, that they are real and they're out there. And some of them do these very nasty things that we're talking about. Okay, so they are real in my experience. All right, so... Got a little off track there because of the, the documents I found, but uh, this series of Fangs and Folklore is looking at the 1980s satanic panic, and I want to make one last point. Uh, are you familiar with the current QAnon movement? In a nutshell, uh, it's a group of Americans who really, really, really love Donald Trump, <laughs> the former president, and QAnon doctrine basically teaches that there's a secret 
satanic cabal of people, and usually they are wealthy and powerful Democrats in QAnon's mind, who worship devils, molest children, traffic children, use children for human sacrifice, even eat children. And Hillary Clinton is supposed to be a big part of this. Remember a few years ago um, when QAnon believed that she was using the basement of a Washington, D.C. pizza parlor to traffic children, and it turns out the pizza parlor does not even have a basement, that kind of thing. And according to QAnon, Donald Trump himself is secretly working to stop this evil cult, right? QAnon is a current-day example, a modern example, of a moral panic, a sort of witch hunt in really the same sense as the medieval Inquisition, the Spanish Inquisition, the Salem witch trials, the 1980 satanic panic, other such moral panics throughout the history of the world. And the vast majority of these things are just that. They're delusional panics with no basis in reality. Did Ozzy Osbourne literally worship Satan and eat children? No. Is Hillary Clinton really the head of a child-eating satanic cabal? You may not like her as a politician, but that notion is ridiculous. No, she's not. All of that to say this. Yes, Satanism, in the sense of literal worship of Satan as a demon god, the worship of demons, it is real, but it's not as prevalent as, prevalent, sorry, as you might think. There are some satanic cults who do practice such evil things as human sacrifice. They do this because they believe Satan will grant their wishes in this life. But I can assure you they are in the far minority and uh, you know that the vast majority of moral panics are quite simply bullshit. <laughs> so what are your thoughts as we conclude this look at the 1980s satanic panic? Is there a grain of truth to it? Do you think it's all actually true? Do you think it's all just nonsense? Let me know in the comments if you're watching on YouTube, and please like and subscribe. And if you're listening on the podcast, well, uh, you can also go to YouTube and post in the comments. You might want to be a little cautious, though, if animal mutilations start appearing in the neighborhood. <laughs> Good night, and as always, sleep well, if you can. <laughs>